1: Welcome to Down to Dunk. I'm your host, Andrew Schlecht. We're part of the Athletic Podcast Network. With me today, as always,
2: on Wednesdays, my good friend, Alex Spears. Alex, what's up? Good morning, Andrew. Good. What's up? Oh, lots, lots is up. Alex? Yeah? um,
1: the NBA believes that they will have Full capacity fans at the start of next season. Oh, I thought
2: you were gonna say the playoffs. I was like, we got to start making our push by the playoffs. No, no, I think the Thunder have uh, pretty well packed it in for
1: the season. Okay, your opinion. Your opinion. You take a look at the remaining schedule, and I think they only have what is it,
2: ten, like eleven or twelve more home games, and that's it yeah 22 overall and uh and we'll get into this a little bit later but you know compared to the other teams they have the 13th hardest remaining strength of schedule mhm uh still still like two games against the jazz two games against the sixers coming up so yeah 22 games left yeah 11 yeah 11 home games remain for the thunder
1: and at, i mean at the, after this week it's just 8 So like, what's? They're not. They're obviously not going to have fans this week. And so, if you're thinking, oh, maybe the Thunder should have fans, I think they're going to have fans like for eight remaining home games.
2: I mean, I just sounds like you just want. There's just no way. Sounds like you just want to keep it to yourself because you're you're getting to go the games, isn't that right? You're just trying to keep the people out. There is a (laughs) there is a small interesting.
1: (laughs) There is a small part of me that really loves the current situation. for
2: a lot of Yeah, reasons. because when they do the um, t-shirt cannons, they one, have to aim at you. Yeah, go ahead. I was going to say when they when they do the t-shirt it cannon, fire they have them to at aim my at chest. you.
1: Yeah, because um, there's
2: only like 10 people there. Yeah. <laughs>
1: oh man, it's uh it it is quite an experience being at the game. Um and it is there is a lot of nice things about it. There's not not a lot of hubbub. Uh, going around the arena, so it's,
2: it is. I have gotten quite used to it. Well, it's great, great for you. Maybe you can, <laughs> you you can, you can write some little, uh, you know, write some little diaries for us. Let us, let us people who never get in there know what it's like. Yeah, I, I we're just that. having, we're having a watch on Bally Sports, Andrew. That's what we I have know. to do.
1: Yeah. Oh, Bally Sports. Um, uh, so tonight the Thunder play the Charlotte Hornets, who are also a little banged up. Not as bad as the Thunder. Uh, they yeah. are missing their two best players, Lamelo Ball and Gordon Hayward, uh, and also Malik Monk is out, who's having kind of a nice season. So that 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 stinks. And OKC is missing Baisley, Dort, Shea, Josh Hall, Mike Muscala, Isaiah Roby, and of course. Uh, Al Horford, who is not listed on the injury report, but also not playing. So uh,
2: expectations for uh, tonight? Uh, I I, st- I still like the Hornets even without um, Hayward and Ball. I mean, Ball, yes, is like one of their best players long term, but he wasn't necessarily the thing that was helping them be a great team or a good team early in the season. And I think the combination of Scary Terry and Devontae Graham, who are both on my fantasy team, shout them out. Uh <laughs> I th- I think that's gonna be enough. Those guys could get 40 shots tonight. And they that's probably will. For real. Yeah. They and, probably will. Yes. And and Terry Rogier has been uh like low key incredible this year. Especially when you think about like what he could offer to the Boston Celtics right now. <laughs> oh my um, gosh. Um <laughs> he's been Worlds better than Kemba Walker this year. He's shooting 41% from three on eight attempts per game. Yeah. 20 20 points
1: per game on 15 shot attempts. He's he's been very, very good.
2: That contract it, looked crazy. so I, dumb
1: originally, but now
2: it's now it's like is, oh, that yeah. a, is that a bargain contract? Well, remember he had like the great playoff run and then he had the sophomore slump, you know, after that playoff run where that next season, it just wasn't the same. I think that might have been the first Kyrie season or, or maybe it was the first Kemba season. Yep. Well, no, it wasn't Kemba season. Um, so it must have been the a Kyrie season. And everyone just like kind of got super down on him to the point that, yeah, when that trade was made and the Hornets took on that contract or signed that contract with him, it was just seen as like a huge joke. Like the Hornets, what are they doing? Meanwhile, the Hornets have now taken mm-hmm. away like two of the best Celtics players in the last couple of years. <laughs> both on big deals, but very both true. have performed.
1: I mean, you, it is what it is. And you know, you know definitely the, uh, the Celtics would like to have both those guys back at this point. I was texting with some guys last night. Like, what? The Celtics look really bad. And this Kemba
2: contract is outrageous. Like, what do they do? What do they do? I mean they already used their TPE so we can't talk about what they're going to do in the summer with the TPE. I saw some tweets last night, Andrew, from like did you see the tweet from the local media guy in Boston? He's on like WEEI. Mm-hmm. He no. basically said like Tatum's going to ask out in in a, a couple of years and you know what? See him late. So see you later. Like Celtics fans, or at least this guy, is turning on Jason Tatum. And he he is like a big he's like a like a blue check mark guy. Wow. Now, I mean, Boston radio hosts are kind of notorious f- for this, so it probably shouldn't yeah. be that surprising. But I always figured like Jason Tatum is kind of like s- protected from anything. Like everyone recognizes no matter what is going on with this team, Jason Tatum is like the best thing going. He is absolutely what you would want, and just to see anyone turning against Jason Tatum. oh, and Kendrick Perkins did too. he was he had a tweet about like how bad his body language was. It's just insane to me. I'd take Jason Tatum exactly. yeah, when we talk about like <laughs> what we could use all of these picks for, I mean I, I hadn't That's, even thought of Jason Tatum. yes, that is that is interesting. that is really something, right? I would give everything.
1: I would give everything. You have Shea and Tatum, and then let's say you give like seven first-round picks, which sounds crazy. Yeah, who cares? Who cares? But then you still have seven left to go help fill out your roster,
2: and you have Poku. So, like, what else do you need? Nothing. We just need Danny Ainge to agree to this. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I
1: mean it's that's it is wild. I uh, clearly they're not actually going to trade him or no. I mean, and it still wouldn't surprise me if they were able to get it together in Boston. Boston comes back and they're a top three team in the East. Like they have that type of talent at the top. So uh, I don't know. This is a weird season. The Boston Celtics have been one of the weirder teams of this season. So I'm. I mean, I'm not ready to declare anything about the Celtics future from this season. I think and the same with Toronto and teams like that, like I'm just, let's, let's get through this. Let's get past this season before we start saying one thing is, is this. And this is, I mean, even with some of the thunder stuff this year, I mean, I'm I just, yeah, some of these guys have played really well. It's just hard to say exactly what their future is moving forward. So, I mean, this, this, this weird season is it's, it's actually been pretty fun,
2: but I would just say like let's just hold off on like massive projections from this season. On the other hand, maybe the Celtics should trade Jason Tatum. Maybe. <laughs> I don't know. Just put it out and there. I, I happen to know a team
1: that would have the assets <laughs> to get a, a player such as Jason Tatum. I mean, can you imagine if they somehow got at least maybe they got the fifth pick from Houston and like the ninth pick and then Whatever, and then you trade for Jason Tatum.
2: Hmm. it would be tasty. It'd be Super it'd be tasty. incredible.
1: But yeah, in terms exit, of like, exit the fantasy world, Thunder fans, get out. Get out of this fantasy world now. <laughs> oh please. man, I was still hanging out. I was still I hanging know. out there. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Everybody get out of there. We have to. We have to get, get out of there fast, Alex. <laughs> Uh okay, back to reality. The, everybody on the Thunder's hurt. Ooh. No one's playing. <laughs> um thoughts on uh on the new guys? You a big Horde guy?
2: Uh no, not no, not a big Horde guy. <laughs> um yeah, I mean, that game I don't know what I was expecting, but I Yeah. I, it, there's been such a change in the past 2 weeks watching this team night to night. Mm-hmm. To get blown out by the Pistons, who only have 15 wins. I mean that even even within this new era of Thunder basketball, it was still a little surprising. Yeah. Um and so the things that stuck out, not much. I mean, honestly, it was Poku. Poku was doing a lot more, especially offensively, maybe less yeah. defensively. Did you see the John Schumann tweet about Poku? Uh, fighting around a screen like his mom had just asked him to take out the garbage. Did you see that tweet? <laughs> oh. It was it was very sad. He just he just had no interest in fighting around the screen. He was he was very tired toward the end of that game. Yeah, um, but
1: I did see some stuff from him defensively that gave me a little pause, not in a in a good way that there was a foul i think it was in the third quarter where he just gave a super hard foul in a in a way that made me think okay he's starting to get it a little bit like i think that i think some of this stuff is clicking with him offensively it's much easier to see that things are clicking but i think even defensively and I, I, there's going to be moments where he's just I, I think he was just exhausted um trying to get around that screen there's even a moment where uh, I think it was Teo asked him to come pass the ball in, and he just moseyed on over there just so slowly, and you could mm-hmm. tell how tired he was, and just like, oh, oh. you know, I mean, it was. I think he's exhausted. I think this is pretty exhausting for him. But I think mentally, a lot of the things that they're asking him to do, um, and just everything is slowing down for him overall. Uh, and I th- I think it's I think there's been a lot of really good flashes about Poku
2: so far, and yeah, yeah. No, I his uh, the offensive versatility that he showed. I mean, the very first play was like a really nice drive into mm-hmm. a layup, like a contested layup with a guy on his side the whole time. Um, and obviously, we've seen him hit threes, but for me, it was all of those mid range pull ups. There were like multiple mid range pull ups. Where a guy was defending him and he would shake him loose and get a wide open shot. One, because he actually has some moves, but also because he's super tall, so he can shoot over top of anyone who's guarding him. Um, But that stuff gets you really excited. Because especially when you watch like a condensed highlights of that, you you start like, you know, really thinking crazy about what Poku could be. Because those are some of those are like superstar shots that he's taking.
1: I was gonna say, like those are vet shots that he's Mm -hmm. taking, (laughs) not nineteen-year-old guys who were picked seventeenth in the draft. I think people forget. Like this, it's funny. There's, there's a little bit of Poku mania.
2: I mean, like Bill Simmons is talking about Poku on his podcast. Big big Poku mania. I mean, there was that image of him in the post game, and that's going around. People are just loving Poku. They love him with the glasses. They love his his crew neck sweatshirt. Yep. Everyone loves Poku. Everybody loves Poku, and
1: there's there are very there are a few 17th picks in the draft that get this kind of push. And I think we also just like have to remember like it's he's 19 years old. Like there's some of this that we might need to hit the brakes on a little a little bit with him. Like you look at his counting stats on the season. Like if you. Listen to Bill Simmons and you see all the stuff, and you're like, wow, this guy just must be incredible. Like, okay, on the season he's seven points, four boards, two assists on thirty-two percent from the field. You know, okay, like <laughs> Okay. Slow down. <laughs> I I am excited and I've seen the flashes from him, but there's there's just some things that we have to keep in mind with Poku. Uh, but I love him. And I'm excited he's on the thunder, without a doubt.
2: Yeah, and it's this is a great opportunity for him because he can get those minutes with the ball in his hands, basically as often as he wants, given the current roster situation. And so we're really getting to see some like Yeah, if 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 Poku did turn into a star, it would happen like this because he would need the ball in his hands. I mean, he he does come off of screens and he shot some threes that way. But for him to reach his true ceiling, it's going to be with the ball in his hands doing some of these ISO pull-ups, which again is crazy. And so it's it's awesome to get to see him get the opportunity to not just try them out, but to do them multiple times in one game. Yeah. Uh I've I've got to stop everything because
1: it so Joel Angel is here on the on the chat <laughs> saying that he is in the Curto station in Antarctica. And if there's any possible way for you to confirm this to me, because every, every, I get trouble about this, everybody just putting locations that aren't real. But if this is true,
2: hmm. if
1: this is actually true, that you are in Antarctica, that would mean that Down to Dunk has been listened to on every single continent in the world. I want to believe so badly that this is true. I don't know that it is, but I want to believe badly That this is true, that you are listening in Antarctica. It's a very specific uh, location. Uh, So I just, I don't know. I'm just hoping it's true. If you can give me any confirmation whatsoever, I don't know what that would look like.
2: (laughs) Also, it says I'm reading the Wikipedia. It's on the south tip of Ross Island. Ross Island is a bridge in Portland. And I wonder if there's any connection there. Maybe this goes way deeper than we thought, Andrew. (laughs) Maybe so,
1: but I hope that's true. We can go to the stream overall now that uh, that we're talking about the stream. Mike McG in Melbourne. We have Kyle. Kai the guy in Dallas checking in. We have Dave from, <laughs> from Wisconsin. We have uh, Sam in Tempe, Arizona. We have Miroslav in Germany. We have Yoni in Israel. We have... Uh, Twice God in Pampa, Texas. We have Morgan Stevens in Georgia. We have Tyler Field from Bricktown. We have Jordan in Tulsa. We have Dell in Midwest City checking in. Uh, we have uh, Jihad Jasper in Pennsylvania. We have Colm in Ireland. We have Rohit in India. We have uh, Nish from school. We have uh, Adam Branch from, uh, from Pennsylvania. We have No Limit in Virginia. Christopher in North Carolina. Kevin in Albuquerque. Uh, TCC Dropout says that he's in my cabinets behind me. Uh, we have Ben in Fort Smith. We have uh, No Limit wants
2: to know what we think is in Poku's fanny pack. Thoughts? He is building up the the drama because he did get asked the question and he said that he's keeping it secret. Yeah. Shout out, out to mean, Brandon Rabar on that one. Good question. I, I would guess that it is skincare products. That is my guess. Like like uh like chapstick, other things like I was that. gonna
1: say chapstick. There is zero chance there's not chapstick in there.
2: Maybe a a nice lotion, a nice hand lotion. Yeah. So that, those yeah, those would definitely. be my my main guesses. Maybe even a toothbrush. Maybe he likes brushing his teeth. You know, whenever he, you know, people who brush their teeth after every meal. Maybe he's one of those guys. Yeah, I like to think that it's just stuffed with Pokemon cards, but I don't know. Oh, um, that'd be a poor way to keep your cards. Hopefully, they're true. top loaded, Poku. <laughs>
1: Dave in Arkansas. We have Pedro in Brazil. We have Evan in Tulsa. We have Patrick in Indianapolis. We have Hermes in Greece. Uh, He says, I'll check your memory every other time I hop on the pot. I'm going to forget. I'm so sorry. Uh, We have Henry in Iowa. Um, Evan Christian says that he is loving the Saturday Slam Jam show. We really appreciate that. It's his favorite weekend. Listen. Uh, let's see. Penny Skillard is in Arizona today. Nice. Enjoy Arizona. We have um, Johanna in Ghana. We have our guy Joel Joel in Antarctica. I I just have to know. Email me dtdpodcast at gmail.com. Just any way you can confirm this. Post post uh, a picture
2: really... with the the Antarctica newspaper, the Daily Antarctica, in Antarctica. Yeah, prove yeah. it. Prove it. Yeah, Joel. Give, give me some proof. I it would it would make my day
1: to have proof of that. Uh, Jacob and Norman, Gus in Erie, Pennsylvania, Advay New Jersey, um, Da in Australia. If I've missed anybody, I do apologize. Ben in Oregon, Andrew from the University of Alabama. We have our guy James Anderson as always here. Thank you so much for joining. Uh, we will be right back.
0: And we're back from
1: that quick break. Alex. What's up? I'm looking, tankath- I'm looking at tankathon.com right now. Gosh, the Raptors, the Raptors, man. The Raptors just can't get it together. They couldn't even beat the hapless Lakers
2: Oh no. Night. It's bad.
1: That was bad. That would have been a really big one. It was going to be a big one for OKC. They really needed that. Uh, but the Thunder sit at eighth right now. Uh in the, the current lottery standings with uh, Toronto, Cleveland, Washington, Orlando, Detroit, uh, Houston, and Minnesota, all ahead of them. Uh, and We need to talk through who they can jump yes. in the matter of these next 22 games.
2: Yeah, and it's also important to remember that, uh, and I noticed this, Tankathon does this when a team has a tied record, which currently there is not, but... Last night, before Toronto lost that game to the Lakers, Oklahoma City was tied for seventh. Mm-hmm. They did not have sole possession, and that does change the odds. And When you go on Tankathon, when the Thunder have the same record, which, hey, that could happen after tonight if they lost yep. to the Hornets. Yep. If you scroll down to the bottom of Tankathon, they'll have what the odds would be if there are no ties, and then what it shows you on the main pick screen or on the uh, like the pick odds page that you can go to, it'll show you what the mm-hmm. actual odds are when they're tied because it does change it. You don't necessarily want to be tied with another team. You want to have sole possession of whatever it is because it's the tiebreaker is not like oh uh, they beat us and so we're worse and it's not a head to head tiebreaker like that. Yep. Okay. So, Andrew, I'm going to go through every team that is currently ahead of the Thunder. We're not we're going to ignore the teams that are behind us because we cannot I can't even think about falling behind those teams. <laughs> I know. I don't even oh, want to yeah. think about that. So, the things <laughs> I'm going to talk about, I'm going to tell you how many losses ahead of OKC the team is because that's the most mm-hmm. important thing here. Forget yep. don't even think about wins. You're just looking at their losses. You have to get at least to as many losses as that team. I'm going to tell you what Mm -hmm. they've been doing in their last 10 games. I'm going to tell you what their remaining strength of schedule is and then some good news and some bad news. And then at the end of it, you are going to give a confidence level on a scale of 0 to 10. 0 to 10, not 1 to 10. (laughs) Your confidence in OKC jumping this team. So 10, that means 100% chance they're going to jump this team. Okay? Okay. So we're starting with the Raptors. Losses ahead of OKC, only one. They have 31 losses. The Thunder have 30. In the last 10 games, the Raptors are 3-7, but they have the 14th ranked offense and the 14th ranked defense. Their remaining strength of schedule, though, sixth hardest in the league. Now, some good news about the Raptors from our perspective. One, Nick Nurse was asked about tanking. What did he say? He said, I don't like it. I don't like talking about it. I don't like thinking about it. And I don't like that it goes on. We're still playing to make the playoffs and we're still playing to get better. Now, obviously, any coach is gonna say that. No coach is gonna be like, yeah, yeah, I might just purposely try to lose some games. But still, losing, yeah. He he was very aggressive about it, which yeah. which I appreciated. Some other good news. Fred Van Vliet has been Out He was out there last game against the the Lakers. Kyle Lowry's been out for seven days. Rodney Hood's been out. All those guys are game time decisions. Okay, so that's good Mm -hmm. news. The other good news, the Toronto Raptors have a positive point differential. Plus .4. That is better than the Blazers, Pelicans, Heat, Pacers, Bulls, Hornets, Spurs, Warriors. This is an average team. They, that just mm-hmm. happens to be terrible in terms of their record. And that's kind of the bad news. They're always in a funk. This team has been in a funk since the beginning of the season. Siakam's yeah. been in a funk since the beginning of the season. And that has all led to this current record. One more piece of good news. For as much as we talk about Tampa Bay being a terrible place to be for the Raptors, clearly, for this entire season, they're actually 11-13 in Tampa. Like they're a 500 team in Tampa, and eight of their next 11 games are in Tampa Bay. So maybe that's some good news. So, what is your confidence level for the Thunder jumping the Raptors? I just
1: have to believe that that roster will produce better things than this
2: Thunder roster <laughs> will. So, I'll say an eight. Uh, I went with at. 10. I okay. am guaranteeing that we will be better than the Toronto Raptors. Guaranteeing sh- it, Andrew.
1: I sh- I sure hope so. I I do a I produce the Raptors pod, the Raptors Reasonables podcasts every week, and they make me feel so
2: depressed about them. <laughs> well, <laughs> you need to tell them so, to pick up the energy. There's some there's uh-huh. some bright spots on the horizon. By the way, in the last uh, ten games, because I'm going to be doing this for every team, OKC is three and seven. Thirtieth ranked offense 30th ranked defense literally has been the worst team in the league over the last 10 games matches right. the eye test yes it does okay next team cleveland cavaliers they are two losses ahead of okc currently with 32 losses their last 10 games three and seven 28th ranked offense but listen to this eighth ranked defense the remaining strength of schedule fourth easiest fourth easiest so some good news besides that Larry Nance Jr. who's been out for the last four games and Jared Allen who's been out for the last five games are both game time decisions for Cleveland's next game Kevin Love is back he played in the last the last three games and he's like fine he's been a a positive on the court and if they get those guys back and you have a five-man unit of Sexton Garland Larry Nance Kevin Love Jared Allen like that is a respectable NBA lineup the other thing is that they similar to the Raptors are 11 and 13 at home eight of their last 11 games so of this season are at home and a few of those games are against some of these playoff teams that maybe will be resting guys at that point bad Mm -hmm. news I said none there's no bad news about the Cavs I think the Cavs are a great candidate to move above the Thunder with all these these injured guys coming back they want to see what they got they want to see what they mm-hmm. got. Why not? You want to see what you have with Jared Allen and the young guards and maybe even Larry Nance Jr. So, I say no bad news for the Cavs. So, what's your confidence level there? Um Yeah, probably a 9. I feel yeah. a little bit more
1: confident. Yeah, yeah. They want they they want to win. They've got some juice to them. Larry Nance Larry Nance is very very helpful to them for the for winning. And so if he's back and then a game or two, I I would say that they'll they'll win more than
2: OKC. And like remember what this team was like at the beginning of the season. Like the big news, yeah. the big story about them was how good their defense was. So if they get Jared mm-hmm. Allen and Larry Nance back, I think they can maintain that top 10 defense throughout the rest of these 22 games, which is mm-hmm. important because we've seen a team like OKC, who's terrible on offense this season, but when their defense was good, they were winning way more games than they should have. So mm-hmm. I I'm with you. My confidence level, also nine. Now we move to the Washington Wizards, Andrew. Those Zards. Losses ahead of OKC, two. They also have 32 losses. Their last 10 games, three and seven. 27th ranked offense, 13th ranked defense. Now here's our first piece of good news. Remaining strength of schedule, seventh easiest in the league. That's a bright spot there. Some other good news is that Rui... Robin Lopez and Bradley Beal, who have been out, are all game time decisions. So, in other mm-hmm. words, none of those are long term injuries. Another piece of good news Ted Leonsis does not believe in tanking. So, we talked about how, mm-hmm. you know, Nick Nurse saying that he doesn't like tanking, that's not that big of a deal because it's the coach. However, when an owner says it, that means something. And he was interviewed last January, January 2019, and was quoted as saying, We will never, ever tank. Which I think yeah. is the best news you could possibly have for a team like this that you're trying to jump. And hey, mm-hmm. Andrew, there's still four games out of the play-in. You know, they can tell what? themselves. I mean, they're further away <laughs> than the Cavs, but still, four games. Yeah. Now the bad Shoot, news, Andrew. Man. Bad news is that uh, there's a lot of bad energy coming from the Wizards. when Lots they bad energy. When they lose... It is not just a normal loss. Like I can't imagine watching this team seriously because they would just destroy me. They were up by 19 on the Toronto Raptors in their last game, up by 11 yeah. entering the fourth the fourth quarter, and lost on a buzzer beater. And there was a very interesting sequence of tweets from Fred Katz. So Russell Westbrook was asked the key to getting Garrison Matthews and Davis Bertans more shots throughout the game. He said, "I don't know." We're not running around trying to get them open shots, so whenever they get their shots, they get them, and then they'll shoot them. That was his quote about that question. And then Fred said, just some context for this, Bertons and Matthews combined for nine made threes in the first three quarters of the game. They went a combined 0-1 from the field in the fourth when Westbrook took 11 shots. Wizards entered the fourth up 11 and lost on a buzzer beater. It just seems like... There's some stuff going on with the Wizards that is not good. Now, maybe Bradley Beal coming back fixes all that temporarily. Because, again, seventh easiest schedule. They have no incentive. Well, actually, they do have an incentive to tank. But their owner has no incentive to tank. He doesn't want to tank. So I still believe in them wanting to win, which I think is the first step to winning. But... (laughs) I don't know how confident I am. Where, where where are you? Confidence level that the Thunder can jump the Wizards. Four. Oh, no. Andrew, that's bad.
1: The Wizards are pathetic. I'm sorry. They're just, they're an absolutely <laughs> pathetic franchise. And I, I don't, I don't have, com, no, I mean, I could. I don't know how you could have confidence. I mean, you look at the roster on paper, sure. Great that should clearly be better but it just n- never gets put together on the court so uh i would i have very low confidence in this but oh, no. it would it would also be so wizards to get to this point for fans to think like okay we're going to get a top 5 pick like that's fine and then they go on like some kind of run and then they right. end up with like the 11th pick in the draft like that that would be probably the most wizards thing to happen is them getting so close to something that is actually good for them. And then they just absolutely just take it away by going on a run. Um, And also Scott Brooks in this, this, I don't know how to view this in terms of wins or losses, but like Scott Brooks is coaching for his job at this point. And if they end on a good note, like perhaps he can save his job
2: they are a big, they are a prime candidate for whoever the team is that's going to end up in like the 11th or 12th spot this year which is the absolute worst place to be in the league this season like the kings uh, like I, I would love for the kings to make the play in game but they are they are the perfect team that's going to end up in that first spot out of the play in game just the worst place to be in the league and the wizards are the other team that i could just see being there absolutely uh my confidence level andrew 7 I'm feel,
1: oh you're much more confident than me I, I'm
2: betting on Beale coming back and I'm betting on that strength of schedule which again they just lost to the Toronto Raptors but still and again in the last 10 games 13th in defense so there is some hope that they're they're putting that they have some identity behind just being an awful team which I think you need in order to win some games you have to have some kind of an identity you have to be good at something okay next. Orlando Magic. Losses ahead of OKC, three. They have 33 losses. Their last 10 games, four and six. 25th ranked offense, 22nd ranked defense. Yeah. Start off with some good news. Their remaining strength of schedule, eighth easiest. Eighth mm-hmm. easiest. Okay, some good news. They've got some guys coming back. Cole Anthony, MCW, Ken Burch, all game time decisions. Their their last game, they only had eight active players which this is very interesting because Mo Bamba still only got 13 minutes in that game in which Steve Clifford only played eight guys. Free Bamba is over. It's over. It's done. If he, if he, if he ends up being an NBA player, it is not going to be under Steve Clifford now. Yeah. He had some moments. He had some flashes. I mean, if you look at his stat line, like he was four for five, there's a point when he was like perfect from the floor. It was looking great. But yeah, only getting 13 minutes.
1: Hit a three. Yeah, he looked great.
2: So some good news from my opinion, because we've talked about this, especially now we've learned what the Thunder are really like. It's nice having a roster of hungry young guys combined with a good coach. Because I think Steve Clifford is a a decent coach, and he's shown Mm -hmm. to be a pretty good defensive coach especially. And that's the kind of thing you need to pick up some of these wins when maybe your offensive firepower isn't going to be great. But, you know, Chuma Okiki, Wendell Carter Jr., R.J. Hampton, all of those guys getting big minutes. All those guys have something to prove. So I'm a little hopeful from that respect. And then you look at what they've done since the trade deadline and you say, oh, they've, they're only two and four since the trade deadline. That's not very good. Listen to this schedule. Blazers, Lakers, Clippers, Pelicans, Jazz, Nuggets. The fact they went two and four in that is pretty awesome. Now, is there some bad news? There is. There's two legitimate NBA rotation players, Otto Porter Jr., Gary Harris, who are out at least until April 9th. They're going to be reevaluated. If they could get those guys back and now all of a sudden they have a much more legitimate eight man rotation playing Otto Porter Jr., playing Gary Harris. All of a sudden you can see a decent defensive team out of this roster. So my confidence level... Oh, the other bad news I put here is that they suck. (laughs) If you look at this roster, as is right now, it's not good. It's not good. It's a ton of young guys. So my confidence level, I'm going to give it a six. So I'm still feeling pretty positive that the Thunder could jump the Magic. Again, it's only three losses that they would have to jump them. That's not too difficult. And you combine that with the remaining strength of schedule, which is eighth easiest a roster of young guys, I'm, I'm feeling okay. And, they're, and th- that schedule that we talked about since the trade deadline, I mean, that's about as hard as it's going to, as it could be for any team. So it gets significantly easier going forward. They're going to play Minnesota a bunch of times, I think. Um, so I give them a six on the confidence level. Andrew, what do you give the magic three boo well if you had listened to me I said six Andrew I said you six you did wow this is this is really
1: a uh, the, the tables are turning a little bit because usually you're the one that's a little bit more pessimistic
2: I know uh, I just I look at, like this I look at all these teams and I see the best in them and then I look at thunder and I'm always seeing the worst I don't know <laughs> I don't know what that means I don't know what that says about I hope me. you're right I hope I hope you're right about these things like I, I hope that they do
1: jump. Washington, Cleveland, Toronto. I, that would be great. I mean, even if just five, like if like the fifth spot is where they end up, we'll talk about that in a second, but I'm just, I'm excited about your confidence level.
2: Okay, now we move to a different tier. So in my opinion, Detroit Pistons are next. They are five losses ahead of OKC. They're at 35 yes. losses. OKC's at 30. Last 10 games, I didn't write it down. I think they're like three and seven. 22nd in offense, 12th in defense, The remaining strength of schedule, though, 11th hardest in the league. Now, the good news Mm -hmm. is that they've been competitive all year. Didn't really happen last night against the Nuggets, but generally they have been competitive in almost every single game, and that shows up in their point differential. Even after last night's blowout loss to the Nuggets, their point differential is still negative 3.8, which if we just gave picks based on teams' point differential, that would be eighth worst. So they'd be in the eighth pick. Instead, they're the Third worst team right now. They're better than every team we're going to talk about today, other than the Raptors. They're also better than the Sacramento Kings in terms of that point differential. Now, this team's only won 15 games, so what can you really say? But they are nine and 15 at home this season, which is like a okay. a fine record. And nine sure. of their last 11 games are going to be at home. I also think they're getting better. So Hami is already mm-hmm. giving them way more than Svi did. I mean we like Svie yeah. in Oklahoma City he's been great for the Thunder but he was not good in Detroit. And Hami That's is it. contributing yeah. every single night and he's giving them a ton of energy. He's adding to that athleticism that they're the athletic core that they're building. It was really interesting honestly the biggest takeaway from that Pistons Thunder game was just like the battle between the two competing front offices. And like what kind of players they're looking at because Detroit looked so much more like athletic and strong in that game, especially with Isaiah Stewart and Hami. Other thing getting better, they were were sitting next to each other, by the way, at the game. Who was Sam and Troy? Oh, were they really? Mm -hmm. Mm, Very suspicious. Uh, Wait, he he, (laughs) so Troy travels with the team, or is that just because it was OKC?
1: I have no idea. Well,
2: you should have asked them. Have there's no like ten story. people in just peak arena. Just go ask. <laughs> they were
1: so they were in a in an area of the arena that I couldn't go to. Oh, it's
2: okay. so like there's different levels of access. I'm uh, level three access. Oh, that's pretty good though. So now is it like DefCon? Like, is level one access the best, or is it yes, level five? I believe. I think level one is the best
1: access. Okay, we'll keep working on like, it. On the court with the players. And then there's like a level down from us. But I've had people that I believe are on level
2: two come up to level three and interact with me. Oh, so it's very
1: confusing.
2: Interesting. Um, other th- other reasons why the Pistons are getting better. Corey Joseph, solid veteran. He's going to help. Yeah, Been helping. Yeah. The other thing, and you may disagree with me on this, Killian Hayes. Now, Killian Hayes is back. He did not look great in the first half. And I would say generally, if you're just focusing on his offensive mm-hmm. game, I would agree. It hasn't looked amazing. However, I was really impressed with his defensive potential in that game. There were multiple drives where he like stopped Teo. Yeah. And he, it on Basketball Reference it says he's only an inch taller than Teo, but he looks so much bigger than him on the court. For sure. And he, I think his defensive potential with some of the other guys on that roster, like Isaiah Stewart or or Hami. It's really going to look good as they go further into the season. And like I mentioned, their last 10 games, they've been the 12th ranked defense. The other thing that stood out, of course, was his passing. I thought his passing in the second half was really good. So I'm actually hopeful about Killian Hayes, even though offensively it hasn't looked great so far. So that's some good news. Yeah. He looked good when the bottom dropped out for
1: the Thunder. Like that's to me, it's just he was awful in the first half when it was like decently competitive. And then when the bottom dropped out and like it was. Obviously, over for the Thunder, and all of their like super young, talented guys were exhausted. Then turned on the Jets for Killian Hayes. Cool. Like, I don't know. Well, it convinced me. <laughs> yeah. I mean, <laughs> and also like stopping Teo, who's like not explosive at all. Like, I don't know. I'm just,
2: I'm a little dubious to that. I don't know. It's, he's, he, it's his, it was his ninth NBA game. Do you it's remember? Fine. It's fine. Trey, remember Trey Young in summer league. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm just saying nine games. I think I think he's shown some things that will be helpful for winning, even if his offense takes a long time. Yeah,
1: uh, that's cool. I mean, top he's top ten pick. Uh, I don't know. I would expect more. And also, KOC's like love affair with him. It's just like I don't know. Like I just haven't. I don't know. I don't even see the flashes of it. Being being that wow, being that good, wow. maybe he'll be a good player. It is way too early to declare anything, but I I just didn't see anything in OKC that made me think, oh okay. Like I, if you would have told, asked me, pick out the guy who was a top ten pick in the draft, find him for me, and I didn't know anything about these guys, I would have never. You would have said Stewart. <laughs> I would have picked Stewart before him certainly. <laughs> <laughs> I really like
2: Stewart. He's so strong. He was
1: awesome. He was great. There are just a lot of, like,
2: men on that team. You know, like, there's, like... Yeah, there are. which Just a man. Like, all of them. I loved it. And that's probably why they. one of the reasons why they've been so competitive. Yeah. Okay, bad news? None, Andrew. Similar to the Cavs. I don't see anything bad going on with the Pistons. I figure, like, they're getting some guys healthy. They've always been competitive. So, if you're looking at them as someone who could win some games... It's possible. However, my confidence level three yeah. because I just think it's really hard to make up five games. Five, yeah, five five so games gonna, in, in twenty two. I mean, to me, it's a one. Like I just don't.
1: I just yeah. don't really think it's possible.
2: Okay, I'm giving it. I'm giving a little, a little tiny hope there. Okay, so, okay, okay so you would next. have to lose all of their games, which they need to do. They
1: do need to do it. It's it's and it's not impossible. <laughs> I mean, if Shea sits out the rest of the season, which I don't, which I don't have the information I have says that he, that is not going to happen. Um, Let's maybe Dort stays concussed for the rest of the season. They're like, okay, maybe
2: have a chance. I I, I think, I hope Bayes comes back because I I really don't think Bayes is going to change that story that much and i would like to see i would love to see him yes Um, i would love to see him with some possessions to
1: use yeah um yes and he was in terms of like pot like on off data like he was the worst
2: starter among everybody so i mean i'm yeah bring him back (laughs) bring him back (laughs) okay two more teams Houston Rockets, losses ahead of OKC, 7, 37 losses. Their last 10 games, 2-8. and Best offense of this list, 13th-ranked offense, 28th-ranked defense. The remaining strength of schedule, hardest in the league, number one-ranked strength of schedule. How about that? Is there good good news? Well, Jonathan Fagan from the Houston Chronicle said, they're not tanking, they're trying to win. They're not winning, but they are trying to. And he said, if the idea is to develop their younger guys, well, you only develop them against that level of competition if you're trying to win. So I guess they're not trying to lose. What younger guys? So that What younger guys? KPJ. That's mm-hmm. it. Next younger question. Younger guy. It's the only young guy on the roster. Younger guy. Uh, the bad news, there's a lot of it. John Wall, he's been out the last four games. He has fluid buildup in his knee. Eric Gordon, Daniel House, David Nwaba, who would all potentially help, are all out at least another week. And then, as I mentioned, that strength of schedule. Let me just tell you their next 11 games. Mavs, Clippers, Warriors, Suns, Pacers, Nuggets, Magic, Heat, Jazz, Clippers, Nuggets. (laughs) Like just a gauntlet. If they win one of those games, yeah, that's insane. If they win that Magic game, that would be awesome for them. Yeah. And as as we will talk about next with the Timberwolves, like I actually think if you were betting right now, you'd have to pick the Rockets to end up in that top spot. That's what we want. My confidence level.
1: That's great. That's great news. I know
2: my confidence level. I had one. I'm I'm revising it to zero. It's zero. Yeah. Nothing's happening. Yeah. Good with this team, yeah. even even okay. negative. Like um, I feel so
1: bad. You could say like negative fifty, and that's about how I feel about it. I, w- I would agree
2: with that. Uh, last one, Minnesota Timberwolves. They are eight losses ahead of OKC, thirty-eight losses. Last ten games, three and seven. Twenty-fourth ranked offense, twenty-sixth ranked defense. Eighth hardest remaining schedule. There is some good news here though. D'Angelo Russell is back, mm-hmm. and you might say, "Ooh, D'Angelo Russell, who cares?" Well. He's shooting 41% from three on seven and a half temps per game, which is pretty cool. Rubio, meanwhile, has been shooting 28.5% from three, the second lowest mark of his career, Mm -hmm. which that in and of itself is kind of amazing because he came into the league as a guy who we all knew was going to be a terrible three-point shooter, but he actually became respectable over these last couple seasons and to now have the second lowest mark of his career the other good news, Andrew, is they really need to see what they have. I want you, I'm going to ask you a question. You're going to tell me the answer. How many games have D'Angelo Russell and Carl Anthony Towns played in together? What would you guess? 12. Six. Really? Six games, 138 minutes total over two seasons. This season, they've been a positive when playing together. Well, of course, it's only been like 111 (laughs) minutes, but still. They've also been six and nine since the All-Star break. And that was after Chris Finch kind of came in and installed his new system over the Mm All-Star break. So these are the reasons why I I still don't think, obviously, OKC can jump them. But I do not think they're going to end up in the worst spot because of all those things I just mentioned. And when you compare them to the Rockets, where it feels like everything is just constantly falling apart, the only bad news for them, League Beasley is out till May 9th. But overall, I'm feeling more positive about the Timberwolves. Obviously, confidence level is still zero for the Thunder jumping yeah, definitely them. Definitely zero. But I do I do not think they're gonna end up with the worst pick, which honestly is bad for them because obviously their their top their pick is top three protected. Mm-hmm. They would ideally want to be in that top spot, and I don't think it's gonna happen.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it would be really bad if they fell out of the top three, which is still I mean, still a coin flip level odds that they yeah. that they
2: will. So, And even like moving back in the standings, I mean, you can compare them to Detroit. Detroit has 35 losses, so that's only a difference of three losses there. I mean, it's possible that the, if, if they really went on a run, they could pass some of these teams other than just the Rockets. I don't think it's going to happen, but again, six games. D'Angelo Russell and Carl Anthony Towns. Like that, that is incredible. When you think about what they gave up in that trade, and to at this point have only gotten six games of data just to look at, just to see what they got, that's terrible. Yeah, that's
1: crazy. It makes that trade look even more wild.
2: Yeah, I I had I I misjudged that trade, put it mildly. (laughs) Don't go back and listen to my opinion. I don't even remember what your opinion was. But uh well, I I do not like I did not I I mean the Andrew Wiggins contract at that time was like in the bottom five up there with like John Wall and whoever. And so just to get off of that contract, I thought was probably going to require a pick. And so they got off of that contract, which I thought was terrible. And then to bring in a guy like D'Angelo Russell, who, yeah, probably shouldn't have been an Mm all-star. But he's still like a decent point guard. And the whole friend thing with Carl Anthony Towns, like it's a nice little bonus there. Mm -hmm. So I just thought if it all came together, they could miss out on the play-in game. (laughs) (laughs) You know, but like be like the 10th in the ninth or 10th spot. At which point, maybe you don't care as much about giving up that pick. But if that pick is the fourth or fifth pick in this draft, yeah, that is absolutely, I mean, that's franchise changing. It's, yes, it will destroy you. Absolutely. (laughs) Completely
1: destroyed. Destroyed. (laughs) Sheesh. Um, Okay, so if you were to predict today, Alex, where the Thunder will end up, it's fast forward Mm. yourself to May 17th. The season's over. Where would you predict okay. that they will be in the standings? The tankathon standings. I think
2: the 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 best case scenario, and this is what I'm going to stick with, is the fifth spot. Yeah, that would require them jumping the Raptors, which we talked about. I think can definitely happen. Jumping the Cavs, and so then it just comes down to jumping the Wizards. Which again, all of those three teams—Wizards, Cavs, and Raptors—I think are going to be trying to win. I mean the one the one team you could suggest maybe they're not is the Cavs but again the Cavs are getting all these guys back at the same time mm-hmm. and they've shown themselves to be they can be a good defense over an extended period of time. Mm-hmm. So I think they're going to pick up some wins with that fourth easiest strength of schedule. So I think they can jump all those guys. So it comes down to the absolute best case scenario. You might even call it Andrew. Don't. A dream don't, don't do it. The dream no. scenario. A dream scenario. No. <laughs> Would be would be to get to the fourth spot. Yeah. And that would require either the Magic going on a nice little run with this eighth easiest strength of schedule, uh-huh. getting Otto Porter Jr., Gary Harris back, and just being like a really solid defensive team, kind of like what the Thunder were early in the season, or it would require the Pistons going on a nice run, which that I'm not feeling as good about. Yeah. But again, the Pistons are just so competitive that you could make a case that if they could just won some of these coin flip games that they've had – they would have. I mean, they should have seventeen wins right now. Like, they, yeah. they should be right around where like the Magic or where the Cavs are. Yes, the fact that they have fifteen wins is kind of crazy. It is wild. So yeah, so I'm I'm predicting the fifth spot, and the upside is the fourth spot. I don't think they can get any higher than that. Yeah, I I don't think so. I, my prediction would be six.
1: Ah, the worst. I know. That's my prediction. The worst place to be. It is the worst place to be. But no, that's my, Andrew, don't. I know. No. But that's that's my prediction. No. I'm hoping for
2: better. I have hope that it can be better. Are you? But Okay, so just really quickly going if you are in the 6th spot, mm-hmm. 0% chance of getting the 5th pick. Zero. Mm-hmm. You cannot move up to the 5th. Right. The best or the the best odds you have are for the 7th pick, 29.8%, followed by the 8th pick. Twenty point five percent. So you basically have a coin flip chance of being either the seventh or eighth pick. Yeah. it's a rough spot to be. That's <laughs> real bad.
1: It real it's bad. really bad. But this is what happens when you win too many games. When you have too much, too many competent things going on
2: with your franchise. I know the curse of competence. I know it's not that. It's not that time of season yet. But if they did end up. Let's say in the seventh or eighth spot. Uh-huh. Do you have a favorite guy in that range yet? Oh, man,
1: it's to me, I mean, the the bottom drops out pretty significantly. So I would I mean, interested in James Book um interested in Moses Moody, um, Scotty Barnes mm-hmm. out of Florida State is interesting. Um I don't know. doesn't sound like anyone's getting you excited though. I'm not excited about anybody yet. I like Davion Mitchell. <laughs> I think that guy's awesome. Um, but yeah, outside of that, I don't, I don't know. I'm not, I'm, I'm, I don't have anybody that I'm in love with in that range, but you just never know. There's always somebody in that range that ends up being better than people think. They're all. It always, always, always happens. Now, it's usually one <laughs> of those guys, so you have to pick the right one. But even you look back at Shea, and I was talking to, I was talking to somebody that covers the Hornets yesterday, and they were like they're reminding me that they had Shea, and they traded him on draft night. Oh yeah, and it just you know Shea wasn't thought to be anything. You could go go check it out. Rick Richie Randall, who does this Hornets podcast, I was I was on it. Uh, BuzzBeat Pod, so go check that out. It's just funny. I I don't ever I don't I always think about just the Clippers, you know, with regards to Shea. But they traded Shea on draft night to the Clippers, and yeah, you know that's that's a that's a big thing. It didn't seem like it at the time. It was like oh like whatever. It's the eleventh pick. Who cares? But somebody always ends up being really good in that range. So you just have to hope the Thunder could pick the right guy if that was case
2: now Andrew a name that you didn't mention as you were going through your interesting guys Mm -hmm. was Corey Kispert are you no longer interested Andrew
1: I was only interested in him as like an auxiliary pick like not liar not the liar the top 10 pick only really yeah I mean if they ended Hmm. up with five Hmm. and Hmm. nine Hmm. then I would be interested Hmm. because to me Hmm. you've got two guys that both have the ability to put up 20 in a game, and you need you need your Joe Harris, right
2: to go with those guys yeah, and you need to spend a top 10 pick to get Joe Harris. Joe Harris is very good. he is, but I feel like there's more and more of those guys every single year in this league. yeah, like there's where the the Joe Harris like number of guys who are like Joe Harris is rapidly increasing. Yeah, I feel like every I, every team is finding that kind of a guy. Yeah, I don't, I don't. I mean, I like him. If I mean
1: Scotty Barnes, I would take Scotty Barnes over him, easy. Moses Moody, I would take over him. I would. I mean, Keon Johnson out of Tennessee is definitely more intriguing as a prospect just because of the upside stuff. They're just looking for shooting. He was also like I, he was also the, like super terrible in the last two games. I just there was a lot of like air let out of the balloon, the Corey Kispert balloon, um, the last two games for
2: Gonzaga. Yeah, yeah, definitely, <laughs> especially in the final. Uh, I, I'm I'm predicting now. I've not done deep dives on any of these guys yet. Yeah. I'm just predicting that the guy I will be, he, he'll become my guy. <laughs> That I'll be wanting to take if if we're in that range. Mm-hmm. Any guesses? It's going to be Jalen Johnson. Okay. Yeah. That's who I'm predicting. Because I just think I'm going to be able to make a case. Again, have not looked into it at all. I'm going to be able to make a case that this guy's five-star recruit. Yes, things didn't work out at Duke. But we shouldn't hold that against him. Let's look back at like why this guy was prized so highly as a recruit. Mm-hmm. And let's go get that guy. He feels like a pressy guy,
1: too. Like he's six foot nine. He's does have kind of a weird pass where you're like, what exactly is this guy? And he he is definitely a swing for the fences type of prospect too. Yeah. I could, I mean, I could see it certainly. And, you know, I mean, even like the Darius Baisley stuff, it was like very weird. Like it's a very weird year for him. Um, It didn't scare the thunder at all. They think, honestly, we have to keep in mind that the, they will never pick Corey Kispert <laughs> because they it's all about taking swings, right? Corey Kispert's not a swing. He's he's like a he's a base hit, right? Like they wanna they want a home run. They want they want a grand slam here. And so the guys that obviously all of the top five guys are that. And then Jalen Johnson is certainly that. Keon Johnson is that. Moses Moody is closer to that. Oh, Moses Moody, I think he's still 18, by the way. Wow. Um, oh, wow. Even like Z- I changed, I changed. Like Zire Williams I changed is opinion. that, you know, to an extent. Um, yeah. So, like some of the guys I do like, like I, I do like Corey Kispert. I do like Davion Mitchell, but they're both 22. Davion Mitchell's older than Corey Kispert, by the way. Yeah, so it's even like Jaden Springer, the other Tennessee guy who's 18 and he's he's more of the type of swing that the Thunder will take than the Davion Mitchells or even the James Booknight who's already 20. And definitely Corey Kispert is 22. I mean, they're going to, they want to take a swing. And that's what all this is all about is just maximizing your potential and then you go get role players somewhere else. So, I mean, the Corey Kispert stuff is always, it's all, it's only something in my head. But if I'm putting on like my thunder hat of what they would do to me, he's probably not even a, con- in consideration
2: yeah, and you look at some of the teams that could potentially be in that range. Like there are a lot of teams that could use Kispert or even Davion Mitchell. I mean, imagine Davion Mitchell going to the Raptors. Yeah. You know, Kyle Lowry leaves this summer mm-hmm. and he comes in as as their new young guard, or a team like the Wizards. Mm-hmm. Actually, they probably don't need Kispert because I feel like they have a lot of Kisperts on their team. Um yeah, they but maybe a team don't. like the Kings. Maybe he'd make sense on the Kings. There are definitely going to be teams in that range who feel like, oh, we're one piece away from being a playoff team. And this is the guy. Pelicans. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, there's teams. He's also like
1: totally a pacer. So.
2: Oh, yeah. (laughs) Oh, yeah.
1: (laughs) Whether he's a pacer at on draft night or not, he will eventually be a pacer. I just you can just guarantee. He will be a pacer. You can just guarantee that. Uh, thanks so much for listening to our show. Thanks for following along on the stream. Shout out to Daniel in the UK. He said that he missed the pot. His wife made him go shopping. Oh, so. No. no. Come on, Daniel. Gotta have your priorities straight, man. He says, what's on, boys? What's, what's on? Uh, have a great Wednesday. Enjoy the game tonight. And we will talk to you guys again on Friday.